Joining us right now on the BTG studio line is Chicago Cubs outfielder Chris Coglin. Chris, welcome to the program. So glad you could join us. Thanks, Rick. I appreciate you having me. It seems somewhat strange to say this out loud, but expectations are high for the Cubs this season. Does that add any pressure for you, and do you sense it in the clubhouse? Um, I think expectations to have success and success being defined by wins and losses is, is a good thing because that means that you're playing for the right thing and other people are recognizing that you're a dangerous team to compete against. So I think for us, the difference is, is huge this year compared to last year in that department. And I think it's something that we're trying to relish and feed off of um, because we do need to change the culture as the Cubs speaking uh, to being more about winning and establishing what it means to win as a team. Now, earlier this year, Anthony Rizzo, he predicted the playoffs, and of course, the movie Back to the Future 2 portrays the Cubs winning the World Series in 2015. Have you guys been having any fun with any of that? <laughs> as far as Rizzo, excuse me, um, you know, Riz, Riz, I think that's just Rizzo's way of being outspoken and kind of trying to set the tone as a team that him being an all-star and um, a great player, trying to just set the tone that that's what he Expecting, wanting the team to expect that. Um, you know, that isn't necessarily my style because there's a lot of things you can't control, but I do appreciate that that's what his mindset is, and that's what my mindset is, our entire team is to win the division to get to the playoffs and win the World Series. You have a one year deal with the Cubs, who, of course, this offseason brought in manager Joe Madden, they brought in pitcher John Lester, they have a young nucleus of talent. The organization seems focused on improving the ball club and becoming contenders in the National League. Has that had any effect on you wanting to remain in Chicago? Um, yeah, I mean, I I loved my experience in Chicago last year when I signed with them as a free agent. You know, I, I love the city. My wife loves the city. There's very few teams that you can play for and feel different when you put on the uniform. Um, and the Cubs are one of those. Uh, I was grateful and glad to see when they got um, Joe first starting it off, but John, I think that kind of set the tone. It was like, okay, we're going to, we're going to, instead of hoping to win, we're going to try to establish we're expecting to win, because um, you don't get those guys without pushing the envelope and paying that kind of salary. That means that a lot of talent at the uh, major league club. I apologize to our listeners for the connection. Last season, the Cubs finished 17 games behind in the National League Central Division, a division that produced two playoff teams. It's certainly a very competitive division. What has to go right for the Cubs to reach the front of the pack in the NL Central? I think a lot of things do. Um, I think that can be said for any of the teams in our division because you can analyze it. I mean, the Reds were in the playoffs just a couple of years ago. They didn't have Votto last year. They had a lot of guys that had down years or hurt. And then you talk about Milwaukee, who was all the way in the playoffs until that last month. And then the Pirates and Cardinals, who've been in the playoffs the last couple of years. And then us. It's a very tough division. I think a lot of things for us have to go right. And the number one thing, just like for all teams, is health. That's the most important thing so that your talent can play. And, you know, you're going to have guys that are going to have to contribute um, at young ages, and then other guys just have to put up the years that they normally put up. So I think that there's quite a few things that still have to go right, and we anticipate all of those. We're talking with Chris Coglin of the Chicago Cubs. As a teenager, Chris, you tragically lost your dad in a car accident, and you channeled that pain and loss by focusing on baseball. 
Since then, you've become a Christian. You've won the NL Rookie of the Year Award. Would you have done anything differently if you knew then what you know now? Oh, man. That's, that's a tough question because, I mean, I mean, now being saved, yeah, there's a lot of choices I would have made differently. Um, you know, but I think the, the important thing, instead of kind of looking back on what I would change since I can't change anything, it's just more, I try to have more of a mindset of embracing what had happened, um, really looking back and, and just uh, marveling at what God was orchestrating uh, through even some dark times in my life. I know you talk at times with guys like Randy Holland and Don Gordon, both good friends of ours as well. As a young man in a job that has has you away from home and so often and away from your wife so often, how important is it to have guys like that to talk with about faith, guys who've experienced many of those same things? I know they like to call it disciple-making. Yeah, um, it is just that. I'm grateful for those relationships. They don't come around often in lifetimes. And, uh, you know, to have two older men that are walking with the Lord and just that godly counsel is pivotal. I mean, that's what the Bible says, um, that it's important to have that good counsel. And, you know, as Proverbs says, that company cooks good morals. You know, those guys have, have saved me a lot of blood that I could have shed mm-hmm. without their wisdom or advice that I would have definitely messed up. So I'm very grateful for those two men, um, more than really words can describe. When we were in the Dominican Republic on a missions trip a few years ago with Score International, you shared about your first day in Major League Training Camp and how you had met a believer who not only shared Christ with you, but showed it in how he lived. Would you share that salvation experience with our listeners? Yeah. Um, you know, when I was in spring training there, um, you know, I had been partying and stuff like that and uh, made some bad choices and it uh, affected my play on the field. And it's important to know that at that time, baseball was my God. So when that was disrupted because of choices I made off the field, it really humbled me because baseball was the most important thing in my life. And there was a guy who was reading a Bible named Darren Roberts. He's now uh, out of baseball, just finished seminary, and solid man. He, uh, you know, he asked me if I was a man of faith. I said, I don't really know what that means. What do you mean by that? He asked if I was looking. And I said, well, no, I mean, I believe in God, but I wouldn't say I'm living right. And then he kind of wanted to talk. I was like, oh, no, I'm good right now. And then there was just at the time, uh, um, you know, he served me later that day, actually, in a way that I just was dumbfounded because I would never serve somebody like that. And I was like, man, there's something different about this guy. You know, I would never do that for somebody. Why did he do that for me? And it really opened an avenue for um, him to share the gospel. And we later went to dinner. Um, a couple of nights later, all because of I just felt different about him since he would do such a kind act for me. I wanted to know different about him, and um, so we go eat, and uh, then we ended up going to Starbucks. I didn't even drink coffee at that time in my life, but I went. And after a couple hours, he walked me through the gospel, and um, I remember him sharing Ephesians two eight. This is for by grace you've been saved through faith. And that not of yourself, but a gift from God so that no man can boast. And that really uh, opened my eyes because it just was so anti what I ever thought. You know, everything in this world preaches that you have to earn your way. You know, you got to go to college. you got to earn your way by getting a grade. You know, you got to, in order to make it to the big leagues, you got to earn your way there by working hard and beating everybody. 
And so to understand that the gospel is this free gift that, that God had given to us when he put his son on the cross for us, and that it was only by grace that we do have faith and not by me earning my salvation. I was just completely, you know, floored and humbled at that. And the other one was Romans ten nine that if you confess through your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And again, that just spoke to the simplicity and the fact that, again, I just, I had to believe in my heart that God is who he said he was and uh, what he did on the cross for us in me. And I just was like, man, this is unbelievable. Um, I really want to have a relationship with Jesus. So we prayed that night in Starbucks. I received Christ in St. Patty's Day. And I'd already planned that night to go out and go drink green beer at the bar somewhere. And I remember him, and I told him that night, too. I remember him asking after that. He was like, hey, uh, I remember, you know, you were saying you wanted to go to a bar. You know, are you still kind of wanting to do that? And I was like, you know, actually, man, I just want to go home and just really read about this Jesus cat and just get to know him and understand him. And so, I mean, ever since then, praise God, just that desire to want to know him more intimately. Oh, praise the Lord. As we're talking, it occurs to me, I have a picture of the two of us here in the studio from when we were in the Dominican, and I wonder, do you keep that same picture in your workplace? Oh, man, <laughs> I don't have that. I'm uh, interested to see But, no, I remember that was a great trip. Hey, Chris, how can we pray for you? Um, You know what? Uh, my wife and I are in the process of adoption, so uh, that is a huge thing in our life and what uh, God is leading us towards. So if you could just... Uh, Pray for birth mom and whoever that child is that God has chosen for us, that you protect them and watch over them, that he would be in the meantime equipping us to be godly parents that could raise a godly child. Well, of course, it'll be our honor to pray for you. I wish you well with all that. I wish you well with the season ahead. And maybe we'll get a chance to talk to you in late October when the Cubs make the World Series. Chris, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, no problem, Rick. Thanks for having me. Praise God that you're doing this. Cubs outfielder Chris Coughlin joining us on the BTG studio line. You know, I actually, that's pretty cool that they're going to adopt. Like, that, that's not something that uh, people talk about very often. And uh, yeah, that, I think that's amazing. I was adopted, so I could be biased, but I mean, I was given two very loving parents who adopted I, me. I was not adopted, and I think it's awesome. I yeah. Think, I think it's terrific. He's going to give some, some kid a real loving, caring home. That, yeah. That's great. Well, he didn't tell you in that interview. I'm sure he was trying to be brief and we talked about um, that guy, Darren Rogers. I, I think he said the name served him in a, in a very unique way. It impacted Coglin. What what had happened was he had been partying, like he said, the night before. He shows up on the field and he's got I don't know if he had his shower shoes, his street shoes, or whatever he had on, but he didn't have his cleats. And the clubhouse was way on the other side of the facility, and he wasn't sure. He's like, "Is the coach going to send me back? What, what what's going on here?" Um, the the believer volunteered. He says, I, I'll go back and get him. And he ran all the way back to the clubhouse and got Coglin's cleats for him. And that impacted Chris. And it, it kind of, well, the guy bought some credibility with Chris. It's like in our lives, we have such an opportunity just by serving people, by showing Christ, not only just talking about it, but how impactful it is when we can do it, be doers of the word, the Bible says. And when we can show that, in this instance here, and, and Chris got saved as a result 
uh, probably a direct result of that young man saying, I'll go all the way back and get your cleats for you. And, and that's, you know, that's just it. This seemingly small act was a great impression on him, which helped, like you said, to build the credibility. And Christ reminds us that he came to serve. That he, he came to be a servant to his people, to his children. Even the small things can have greater impact on people's lives than what we give them credit. We don't know how God is working in somebody's life. We didn't know, and I'm sure the guy who volunteered to um, go and get the cleats wasn't thinking, hey, I'm going to do this and, and Chris is going to get saved. He was doing it because that's what he's called to do. He's called to be a servant, and he was just doing it to be a nice person. And and for the believers that are listening, just remember that, that we are called to be servants, that we are to treat others, treat them better than ourselves, and to uh, do what we can to help meet the needs that people have. So it, it's a really neat yeah, that, story. That small act can open up a door that allows you to present the gospel as it did in, in this situation. And Chris got saved as a result. 